Welcome. Thank you for joining us here at AmazingLove.org. And, uh, you know, it's been a dream of mine to reach people all across the world with a message of Jesus and his love. And so whether you're joining us from near or far, so glad that you're here. And uh, we'd love to hear what God is doing in your life. So if he's blessed you by this ministry, please email us at impactatamazinglove@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this ministry and make sermons like this possible every week ongoing, please go to AmazingLove.org and go to our giving tab. But now may God bless you. May he guide you. May he speak into your life and direct you all through the power of his love. Thank you. Dear friends, gather and invite you to pray with me. Let's just ask God to bless the preaching of his word. Heavenly Father, we are here today to witness the power and the glory of Jesus, who is the one who rides on the clouds, who is the creator of heaven and earth, whose glory and awe is, is overwhelming. Lord, let us be struck by that today, the power of your word, and let us know that you are here, that you are with us. By all that you do in our hearts and in our lives, we ask this in the name of Jesus. We, we need what you have. We come to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome again to Amazing Love. Are you ready for God to do great things? And I am convinced that God can do great things. I am convinced that he takes cowardly people and makes them supremely courageous. He takes the greedy people and makes them generous. He takes the obstinate, the rebellious, those who persecuted the faith, and he makes them faithful proclaimers of the faith they once persecuted. And I know this just from my own story. Hello, I'm Dustin Bloomer. And uh, I was baptized as a child and, and brought close to the side of Jesus, my Savior. And thankfully, I've never left him. Because when you find something good, you stick with it. But the fun part is I've noticed that he just gets better, that my walk with him and my understanding with him, it just gets better the more I see of him. And he's a good God. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Well, I wanted to know, have you ever said this? Um, what was I thinking? Has anyone ever been there? You had a moment where it was, what? was I thinking? Maybe you appreciate more of what were you thinking and, and identify it a little bit more than others. Well, I don't know where you land on it, but I wanted to tell you a story of when I had this thought. Um, I was visiting my family in the Czech Republic. My, my sister was there teaching at a school, and I thought it'd be a really good idea to see Munich, Germany. So I bought a really cheap ticket, a bus ticket that, that left at 12 midnight and, and, and arrived at 5 a.m. in Munich, Germany. Now that wasn't the bad idea. That was a cheap thing, you know, it wasn't the hours, the red eye, that wasn't bad. Um, but when that bus dropped me off at 5 a.m., if you've ever been on a red eye, you know, kind of the fogginess, you know, that's associated. And, and I landed and not many other people got off the bus, which I thought was kind of weird. I guess they went other places. And all I could see was this thing. Now. That was kind of cool. It was kind of magical. Like, I like this place called Munich. That's, that's great. But the problem was, it's the only thing that was around. Now, if you know Munich, this is their soccer stadium. It's the Alliance Arena. It's, it's pretty well known. Um, but the problem was, it's, it's kind of not by where I needed to get to. Let me, let me show you a map. Um, so, so I was here, and I needed to get there. <laughs> but I didn't know that. <laughs> And when I saw just this, there was no other gas station around. Um, I hadn't changed American dollars to euros yet because I thought I'd do that when I got downtown. There weren't even people to talk to. 
Thankfully, I did run into a couple, and it was like, seriously, two out of four people who even were around this whole area at the time. And, and uh, they gave me an exchange rate dollars for euros. They, they showed me to the train, and, and this is what I needed to do. But all the while, when I was standing by the blue thing, and it was like no man's land, I was, what was I thinking? You know what I'm saying? What about you? What about you? I tell stories that you might relate to your own. Maybe you look back at a relationship with someone, and you know how different you were now, and you're like, what in the world was I thinking? Maybe you were pursuing something, a career. Maybe you were in college and on one track, and now you look back, and you're so different. It's such a different season that you're like, what was I even thinking? But it's it's usually easier to say, what were you thinking? I don't know if you have toddlers at home. You know, when the toddler is jumping off the coffee table and you're like, what, what were you thinking? You know, how is that going to end? Or, or maybe you have teenagers, and, and teenagers, we love that you're here. I hope there's some teens here. But every now and then, moms and dads just say, like, what, what were you thinking? Because you'll wear, like, shorts to school in the middle of winter or flip-flops, and, and, and you'll make choices that just really, you know, anyway. Well, the reason this is so important is because some of our worst mistakes were just not well thought out, were they? We didn't take enough time to think about what we were going to do and what might transpire when we did it. And, and we're really, really keying in on the fact that we don't want to make the same mistakes in 2017. See, we're in this series, uh, Fresh Start, and we're really, really hoping that, that God will allow us to change. We've been asking the question, how do we move past the past? And last week, again, we talked about how we should own our part of the problem and how essential that is. But today is all about our thought process. Now let me ask you, do you think God cares about what we think about? Do you think he's concerned about it? I was reading my personal Bible study, and I came to 2 Peter. And 2 Peter concludes, look at uh, Bible scholars, this is what he says um, at the end of his letter. He said, dear friends, this is now the second letter I've written to you, and look why he wrote. I have written both of them as reminders, that's important, If you've been walking with Jesus for a while, this won't always be new information, but it's necessary information that you just need to put to use. Does that make sense? So I've been writing reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Peter has two letters of the New Testament, and he's basically saying, I wrote them so that what's up here might be a little bit better. Okay? Okay? Or look at what Paul said. Paul said, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, maybe it's the Packers. I'm not sure. No? I don't know. Okay. Um, Cubs? Socks? I don't know. Getting into trouble. Anyway, um, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, you should think about these things. Consume your minds with, with the good things of the world, with, with good ideas of other people, with, with good outcomes, with what God is all about. Lose yourself in wonder of who he is. Right? And then Jesus, let me give you one final thing that speaks to the thoughts. Jesus, who was preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, longest sermon, and he said this. He said, blessed are the pure in heart, and hearts have to do with what we're thinking about. And the goal is that you can actually see God. If you start thinking the way God thinks, maybe you'll start seeing the way God sees. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? So, we want to get into that. And, and um, that's where my... This is because I love my visual learners. Are there any visual learners in the building? My heart is here for you, and I'm always just trying to connect God's word, which is the power to you. And so this is your brain. And um, it's not your brain on drugs. Do you remember those commercials? No, this, 
This is your brain based on pastor's illustration for today, and we're, we're going to use the board today. And, and what we have is sometimes there are issues in life, and I just picked a few of them. We have issues like stress, you get overwhelmed. You have issues like money, you fear that you won't have enough. You have issues about people, sometimes they hurt you, they disappoint you, they let you down. Now, the synapses of evil, I was reminded of the axis of evil, sorry, history lesson, but anyway. The synapses, which I, I think are the brain's way of connecting thoughts and patterns, right? If I'm understanding science, okay, it's not really my realm. But the synapses of evil are basically worldly thoughts, common thoughts. The thoughts your friends think, the thoughts that, that, that people in, in TV think, these, these sometimes are referred to as the stinking thinking that we do. And, and there's really not a lot of power here, and I'm hoping that you might unearth at least one or two of the stinking thoughts that is, is, is roaming around there in your mind today. And what we need to do is transfer from the synapses of evil to the synapses of power. Now, can you guess where is the power, and what's the power? Does anyone know? It's God's word. It's God's word. We need to stop thinking how the world thinks, and we need to start thinking how God thinks. And when we attach our minds, when we make a new connection, there is power there to set you free. There is power there past your funk. There is power there past your depression. There is power there past your crabbiness. There is power there past your anger. There is power there over the things that plague us in our minds. So that's our goal today, to talk about how we can rethink. So goal again, here it is. We want to rewire the way of our thinking. We want to make some new connections for some common circumstances, if that makes sense. All right. So let's get into the Word of God. And, um, and, and let's, let's turn to Romans chapter 12. And here Paul is talking about how practically we are helped in our faith. He's saying if you want to stay with Jesus, if you want to commit to him, if you want to have a lifelong connection to Jesus, this is what you are to do, to have that commitment. So Romans 12 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't be a cookie cutter. Don't think like everyone else, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul is saying you want to be a living sacrifice, you want to live every day in the glory of Jesus. It has a lot to do with renewing your mind. It has a lot to do with its rattling up up here, and that's what we get to explore once again. The idea for today is I've been using a, a system of thought patterns uh, for three years, um, and, and I wanted to give it to you. The knowledge that was given to me, I wanted to give to you, so it's more of a teaching day. And it's a system, I, I've talked with some leaders here about it, of going through three steps to get our minds right, to renew them. We're going to talk today about identifying, validating, and aligning. Can you say these with me? Let's just call them out. So say with me, identify validate, and align. And those are the steps we're going to work through that hopefully make sense at the end. 
I was in the airport this past week, and I picked up a book all about emotional intelligence. Has anyone done any study about emotional intelligence? It was Emotional Intelligence 2.0, and it was really fascinating. Um, they said that those who are successful and top performers don't necessarily have high IQ, which is your intelligence quotient, but have a high EQ, your emotional quotient. In fact, they said on average, if you're high emotionally, you earn about 30,000 more than those who aren't. So there's some, you know, incentive to be higher emotionally. They said um, one of the components of emotional intelligence is being self-aware, that, that you know what you're feeling. And they said that 83% of top performers are self-aware, whereas 2% of the bottom performance were high in self-awareness. So again, they, they think that that's a big deal. Um, the, the way to be emotional intelligence, they, they focused on four areas, which was um, self-awareness, um, self-management, social awareness, and relational management. Well, they went through the process, the first step of what we're going to talk about today to understand what's going on, and they talked a little bit about identifying. Okay, here's a quote from the book, and uh, they said, the only way to genuinely understand your emotions is to spend enough time thinking them through to figure out where they come from and why they are there. Now, if you don't pause and you're in a mood, what it's saying is that you should take the time, maybe it's stepping away from the desk, maybe it's stepping away from the kids, maybe it's before you come into the house when you're in the garage, you should take some time and figure out why you feel this. Identifying, identifying. And I believe identifying when you take the time is, is really figuring out why behind the what of your doing. It's the why of what you are doing. Let's go back to the board. So maybe it's an issue of stress, and, and you often feel overwhelmed. You often feel that there's not enough time in the day, and that is your beef. And what it leads to, what it can lead to, is that you cope in the wrong ways. Okay, I'm stressed out, I'm overwhelmed, and so I know I'll just eat a little bit more food. Tastes good anyway, makes me feel better in the moment. Maybe because I'm stressed, uh, maybe I will um, overdrink. Maybe it will lead to oversexualization. I don't know. But you have to figure out again, what are you feeling? What's the root cause of it? Maybe it's a people issue. Why am I upset right now? Maybe it's simply for the fact that someone in your company hurts you. They let you down. They were mean. There's something, and you have a beef with them, and there's really no way forward until you identify, okay, they hurt me, and I have to do something with it. Maybe you have a people issue that's working out in your life, and, and, and you're thinking that, you know, people will like me if. You ever been there? It's easy in high school. People will like me if I'm good at sports. People will like me if I look this way. People will like me if I drive that thing. People will like me if my house looks that way. People will like me if da-da-da-da-da. So we need to sometimes pause and just identify what in the world is rattling around. And then you need to call it out. The, the next step, validating. Um, validating is just calling out where you were and are. And, and, and so this is, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. It's just basically yeah, solidifying I was there. Reminds me of going to McDonald's downtown. Anyone ever been to uh, this McDonald's? In order to park there for free, what do you need? A receipt. 
You have to spend a certain amount, too, at the McDonald's or Big Macs and whatever, and they will validate, yes, you actually did eat there so you can park here, right? That's all we're going to do emotionally for that second step. We're going to just uh, uh, validate, I was angry because, right? Because he was a jerk, she was a jerk. I am worried because I don't think there's going to be enough money. I'm worried about my health. And just validate what is going on inside of here. But it's at this point that maybe you recognize some of the ways we think about stress, money, and people are aligned with a synapsis of evil. If you're really identifying with what's going on in here, sometimes we have stinking thinking. And, and maybe we're caught up in different ideas. And we're going to talk about a few of, uh, just a couple of those ideas we could be caught up with. And, and, and you might wonder, why am I caught up in, in just a non-helpful, a, a stinking thought? Well, let me in. Let, let me let you in. Um, it's really about our sinful nature. See, Jesus said this through the words of, of Mark. He said, look at this, out of the heart, out of the heart, there are evil thoughts. You can't always trust your heart. Why? Because there are evil thoughts according to your sinful nature. And look at all the things that we are all susceptible to. The, the myriad of things we could all say, yep, been there. Yep, parked there for a while. Sexual immorality, theft, stealing, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. You and I, as, as creatures in this sinful world, as sinful people, will be susceptible to these horrible thoughts. Thoughts that, if we're honest, we wouldn't like to share to anyone else. Thoughts, if we're honest, have no power and no help associated to them. So in order to help you, I want to talk about two very common thoughts, okay? And, and there are a myriad of different bad thoughts that we can get into, but I just want to talk about a couple, okay? Does that make sense? So if you've ever aligned to some of these thoughts, we just want to expose some bad thoughts together. Uh, one of the thoughts I picked up, a, a cultural guru is Andy Stanley, and he says this about people. Sometimes people think, it may not be right, but it makes me happy, and God wants me to be happy. It's very cultural, right? God wants me to be happy. Now, you may think that, but you need to know that maybe you're redefining God then, okay? And we live in a culture that says, God, you're the cosmic genie, right? I put in some actions, you pump out what I need, and, and, and that's just the way it works. That's why I'm here today, right? You bless me, I'm here, that's, you, let's, let's continue this arrangement, right? But I need to let you know that God is less like a, a cosmic genie, and he's more like your physical therapist. You know, never been to a physical therapist after surgery? I had a neighbor who called them physical terrorists. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if the physical terrorist's goal was to make you happy, you wouldn't meet together, right? Or you wouldn't meet at that place. You'd go to McDonald's, right, or Starbucks, or you'd watch Rogue One. You would not be doing what they tell you to do, Right? God is more like your physical therapist, okay? How many of you today would admit you are not where you need to be spiritually? You still have some strides to take in following Jesus. Anyone there with me? Yeah, yeah, me too, right? How in the world is God going to get you where you are today to where you need to be and only have it happy? Is that even a reasonable expectation that we should place on God? God is not happy right now. You must hate me. He's a physical therapist. 
purpose. And, and, and let me again uh, explain this from the, the basis of God's word. Look at this passage from Hebrews. Hebrews says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. Do you know what God disciplines you? He does because it's love. Discipline is love, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. See, God is willing for you to have some pain so that later you'll have perspective or pleasure or be a little bit holier. See, you may need to redefine your view of God. He's not as interested in your holiness, though he is, or your happiness, though he is, as much as your holiness. This is the God we follow. Can I give you another lie? Was that at all helpful? Is that cultural? Is that out there? Anyone? Okay. Here's mine. I just wanted to relate you mine because this is where I, I get hung up all the time. Um, this is mine. My performance determines my worth. Right? If I'm a good pastor, if I'm a good husband, if I'm a good father, then I can finally be happy about myself. And maybe there are some moms in the building who, who relate to this. If I'm a good mom, then I can finally be okay with me. And maybe this is why some bad mom moments hurt you so much. And you don't want to admit them. You don't want to admit that you had bad mom moments, even though we all do, right? No one's a perfect parent. But we can't deal with it because my identity, my performance as mom is what, what again, defines my worth. I can only be happy, again, if, if they approve of me. And maybe that speaks to some cultural um, performers here. You want to be a top performer at your company. You want to be a top performer on your team. And why? Because maybe if I'm a top performer, then I can accept myself. But here's what I believe. There's no power there. It's a trap. It's a snare. I'm not saying don't work hard. In fact, God said work at whatever you have with all your might as if for God, not for humans. But I'm just saying at the end of the day, your performance didn't determine your worth because who did that? Jesus did. He said, I'll show you your worth. I'll suffer and die in the worst way imaginable and I'll tell you that you we're worth it. And a father would say, I'll give my son for you. That, that's how much you mean to me. So that you can have peace, so that you can also be my son, my daughter. Your worth has been determined. So, in these moments, maybe we need to spend just a little bit repenting of some stinking thinking. Maybe we need to be real with the fact that some of our, 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 our thinking is from the sinful nature that has gotten us down. And if we're not careful, it could even separate us from a loving God as sin so often does. So we repent of that today. And repent of that stinking thinking. And all the ways we've gone astray. The glory of the cross looks even brighter. When we're real with our sin, the Savior is so necessary, isn't he? And that Savior is here for you. The Savior who has covered all of your sin and who gives you hope. Hope for the future, hope for today. Hope has a name, it's Jesus Christ, and he won our freedom. He won freedom not just for eternity, but past the chains of sin, and past the chains of bad thinking, and past the chains and patterns that we've been stuck in. He brings freedom. May he work in our hearts. So the last thing we need to talk about is aligning, is aligning our thoughts. This is the, the, the most integral step. This is 
where the power stems from. And as I talk about aligning, you, you know this just from, from cars. When a car is out of alignment, what does it does? It doesn't stay on the track. I had this the other day. I, I was driving. You remember the ice storm? So I was in the ice storm, and I went to church, and it was like a skating rink. And so I was driving five miles an hour, and my curb just to, or my tire hits the curb. Boom, right? And then I drive home, and my steering wheel's like this, right? Bent tie rod. But, but when a car is not in alignment, it was, it was hard to, like, stay in, and I was— couldn't go past 35, and it was bad, right? Some of you are, are doing life that way. You need to know that. You have, you have lies, you have thoughts, and, and, it, and, it, and it gets to, to wrecks, right? So what we need to do is correct. And it only happens through God's word. Um, my confirmation verse was such a great one. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, if you hold to my teachings, here it is, if you hold to my teachings, then you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Yeah. So we go to the board, and we need to make new connections this new year. And yeah, sometimes I get stressed, and I'm overwhelmed, and I feel like I need more hours of the day, God. And, 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 and I, need to, I need to do it by myself. And, and, and I, need to, I need to dig a little bit deeper, and I need to work a little bit harder, and I, I need to just pull myself up by my bootstraps. But there's no power there. So what do I do with stress? I need to, I need to as often as I get overwhelmed, say, I, I don't have the power for this, but your power in me is unlimited. And I'm going to make a new connection. I'm going, to, I'm going to believe that in this moment where I'm stressed out and I'm worn down, that, that though I don't have the power, your, your grace is power enough for me. And your strength is sufficient. And I can do this, not because of who I am, but because of who you are through me. Maybe it's money. And there are people who think, well, as, as long as I just have the right job, if, if I invest my money right, if... If, if, I, if I handle it, if I, if I spend less than what I make, if I, if I do all these things, if I work a few more hours or, or maybe get an advanced degree, maybe then I will be okay, right? Maybe then my future will work out if I'm just wise and savvy with it, right? There's no power there. You ever know a story of someone who worked really hard and it was still difficult? You ever been there? No, power is switching our thought process. It's saying, okay, um, you, you promised, you promised, oh, that's not my money one, sorry. That was my people one. Here's my money one. Um, you promised to provide for me all my needs. You, you said you take care of birds and flowers, and so I'm going to, in this moment, I'm going to realize that I'm going to be okay. And I don't know how retirement works yet, but I'm going to have my needs met because you promised I'm just going to do what I can, but you, you promised to meet my needs, and I hold you to that promise. I'm not going to freak out anymore. And then people. Sometimes with people, we think all the wrong thoughts. We think, well, if I do for them, maybe they'll do for me. Or, or I can't be happy unless they're happy. I, I was talking to a mom, and one mom said, you're only as happy as your saddest child. <laughs> you're making them the holders of your emotions, aren't you? And so what I need to do with people is, is I need to know that my acceptance and my worth doesn't come from their view on me. No, my acceptance and my worth was proved by Jesus' view of me. And I can give to others because he gave to me. 
and I can do for others not expecting anything just because he already loves me, and I can live with the knowledge that I'm everything I need to be today. I'm everything I need to be today. I'm everything I need to be today because of Jesus, not even because of me. And this is the power. But you have to understand where you are and then realign and form a new connection. To help you with that today, as you leave, we have Bible passages that speak to your emotions, just simple printouts. We have common lies that are cultural that we believe, and then we have the the truth past them. These are at the info booth. You can pick them up as you leave today. Uh, Because I couldn't cover all the false beliefs that are there in just one sermon. But then God says, when you get this, the vision of what you will look like in the world is this. He says, in a world of conformists, you're going to stick out. You're going to be weird. It's going to be like, but everyone else thinks this way, and you don't? What's going on? Everyone else is freaking out right now. How are you not? Everyone else is upset at Sally. How can you, how'd you let it go? I renewed my mind. My God, he, he has power past my thought process. May he so bless you to do this. And now let me pray for you. I'll close with prayer. Heavenly Father, this is hard to do. I have so many mental defaults in place and a sinful nature to boot. Lord, help me. I want to overcome and be filled with peace and hope. And I believe you can help me. Thank you for the peace of forgiveness and the performance of Jesus on my behalf. Now help my thoughts align with your very own thoughts that I might stick out and give you glory in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.